This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode contains strong language, sirens, discussions of mental illness, discussions of infertility, and death. Previously on Arden. All right, we're recording. We should just mention Dana's name. It's all. It's her story. <laughs> We've got a horrific death in a family of wackadoo rich people. It'll be good. We are going to set it right, Dana. We are. I promise you. I promise. We don't have to like each other. We just have to work together. Did it just say, remember me? Careers tank. Cars break down. People die. But he's with me. I like him. I like us. Dana, we are friends, right? I always figured I didn't have to worry about her, of all people, sleeping with a source. A week ago, I told Dana about Clyde and Trudy. How they got together earlier than we thought, and it all flew out of control. I thought it could handle it, I, but I, I couldn't handle it. You're fired. Something is up with that bin. I'm saying we go out there right now. You and me, Pamela. Give me one last shot, and if nothing else, you'll have some amazing audio of a ghost hunting. It's raining. It'll let up. And my husband is in town. It'll take an hour, tops. Arden is brought to you by Wayface Industries. The good people. Good evening, ghost hunters. I am, of course, Rosalind Ursula, and I am here with Miss Pamela Pink, and we are going to find some ghosts. We're not going to find some ghosts. Place your bets. Will we find ghosts? Won't we find ghosts? Agree to disagree? Cut to credits. In late 2018, I made a new best friend. (laughs) This better be about how you got fired after breaking several rules of journalistic ethics in your attempt to cover for a murder suspect. It is not. End of intro. We are in an allegedly haunted grain at the Hamill Hills Ranch of Elsinore, Montana, site of at least two ghost sightings. It's the place where Dan Hamill gruesomely died. Is he the ghost? Are we the ghosts? Are we human? Or are we dancers? Those answers and more soon. Pamela, will you explain what special equipment we're using? Pamela? Oh, she has her headphones on, listeners. Uh, so... Pamela! What? 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 Hi. Can you explain to the listeners that we have incredibly legitimate ghost hunting equipment that can absolutely capture a ghost's ghost voice, uh, should a ghost be here? Yes, I can absolutely guarantee that this equipment could capture a ghost, should one exist. Anywhere, ever, yes. And stop saying ghost. Oh, what a sport. 
I'm texting my husband now that I will see him in an hour. Clock's ticking. Can you give me something to work with here? Maybe the ghost will talk to you. Ah, so you're a skeptic and a believer. This is great content. I want to get out of here in 58 minutes. You're not sucking me into your Scooby-Doo schemes. Oh, you're on an abandoned ranch after hours. You're already in a Scooby-Doo scheme, sorry to say. How dare you? Where is everybody? Dana's not in her trailer. There are no lights on in the ranch house. It's spooky. Not ghost spooky. I don't have to qualify why being on an abandoned ranch in a perfectly preserved murder bin is spooky. Dana signed a location release. We can be wherever we want. Can she even do that? She doesn't own the ranch. Well, that is an issue tied up in court, so we're probably fine. Well, as your former employer, your fast and loose interpretation of the law has been very enlightening. I'm putting my headphones back on. And if we see a ghost, I want it on record that I get to keep my job. I never agreed to that. Damn it, I thought our headphones were on. Quit pacing. The microphones are picking it up. I'm sure the EVP recorder knows what's me and what's with ghost. Like, its only function is to pick up ghost voices, so it better. I cannot believe we have one of these. The Wayface radio budget is out of control. Isn't overseeing the budget your job? You think it's my job to order the electronic voice phenomenon supplies? On top of creative development, production, hosting a call-in talk show? Okay, I'm starting to hear why you think I do every job. But office supplies are not technically my job. My job is supposed to have more authority and less field work. God, I need a raise. I'm gonna have to put up. <gasps> oh my god, look! Look over there, it's... What? <gasps> what are you pointing at? Shh! 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 Shut up! Shut up! Rosalind, cut it out! Don't you see it? Don't you... Uh, Dan? Is that... Is that you? Uh, say something. Ideally, into one of these microphones. Uh, state your name, title, and pronouns as clearly as possible. Rosalind, this is over. No. No, 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 no! Wait! What did you do? He's gone! You scared him away! Scared what away? There was nothing there. The ghost. I saw him. He was right there. He was standing over by the wall. I really thought you were better than this. But I guess not. Better than this? I said we'd see a ghost, and we saw a fucking ghost. What more could you possibly want? I didn't see shit, because ghosts don't exist. What? what you think it was a trick of the light? A weather balloon? It was three yards away from us. We're all alone in here. It was a ghost. Nothing was there. You're lying. Badly. We can't just report what we like to be true. And we definitely can't make things up. You're telling me you didn't see anything? That's not possible. It, it, it must be on the EVP recording. You just don't want to admit that you saw a ghost. No, Rosalind. What I don't want is to be sitting in a blood-soaked grain bin arguing with someone I already fired about ghosts, which aren't real. If you were never going to believe we saw something, even if we saw something, then why did you waste my time doing this? Because I thought you could be quiet and professional for an hour while we got some green bin audio. I don't think you go so far as to fake the fucking supernatural. Okay, but you 
better log this audio so that you hear the proof. I will be sure not to delete this audio without logging it. Oh, come okay? on. I can go interview Gwen again. That's not the point. Well, it's not like the story's gone. It's not irreparable damage. The reason I fired you is not because you fucked up Dana's story. It's because you refused to see that you fucked up your story. I can't believe you anymore. I can't trust you. I came clean. Three days later. Christ was gone that long. Ah, oh, we get it. It's Easter. Deleting any audio is an automatic firing offense, but you deleted audio that put your friend in a crime scene. And you became inappropriately close friends with the subject of our investigation. And you've never for a second questioned her bias. See, you let Dana decide which leads we followed. You shared confidential information with her. You even undermined the integrity of our entire investigation. Which sucks because I trusted you. That's why you're fired. What did you expect? I'm not a journalist. You set me up here by myself and nobody helped me. Nobody fact-checked me. And you're mad at me. <laughs> you should be mad at yourself. I told you to take a step back. Bia told you to take a step back. And you kept digging in your heels more and more. I don't know how else you expected me to get that information. You never said. Okay, could you have had more help? Sure. You could have had more help. You definitely should have had more editorial oversight. But forgive me for assuming that I didn't have to spell out for you don't post sleepovers with a murder suspect. I told you nothing happened at the sleepover. The sleepover happened. That's the problem. And Dana's not a murderer. If you didn't think that, then why do you care that she was on the scene? Well, because Clyde and Trudy would do anything to make her look horrible. Do you even hear yourself right now? It's like you're reciting Dana's talking points. You can't stop making excuses for her. You're so sucked in by her. You didn't care that I was close to her when I was getting her to spill her guts to the show, but now that you've got all that audio, suddenly what I did was wrong. She never would have said that stuff to someone she didn't trust. I don't want to scold you. You made a big mistake, and mistakes happen. <laughs> don't lie about them. I hope you can learn to accept responsibility when you screw up, and not just double down by, for instance, saying you saw a ghost. I saw a ghost! <sighs> You're embarrassing yourself. I lost the job. I messed up. I'll move on. But Pamela, you have to believe me. I saw something. Right over there. Like a guy. A, a, a silhouette. A big, tall, moving toward me. And I felt terrified of him. And sick. And faint. And then he yelled and he was gone. If you're really seeing ghosts, you should have your head checked out. That ghosts aren't real. So either you're lying to me or your eyes are lying to you. Why would I keep this up after you fired me? You're being so stubborn! I did fire you, so I don't have to listen to... We've had a long day. I need to pack up this gear. Wait outside. Oh boy, sure is muddy. <laughs> yeah. Rain. Probably, right? Yeah. I didn't wear the right shoes for this. Oh, but you look great. You excited to see your husband? Yeah. What are you guys going to do? You going to make a baby? You and I are not talking anymore. 
Okay, you can talk. You know, I mean, we're not recording anymore. <laughs> I'm apparently off the record forever now. <laughs> we could talk, but we won't because I won't let us. So stop talking. I don't think Waydate is working for Andy. You know, at first I was like, ooh, an algorithm to find love. Brilliant. But now, yeesh. <laughs> <clears throat> You're in an apparently happy relationship. Weigh in. I have an ad. I was going to have Bia record it, but maybe I'll just do it. Hello, friends. Have you ever bitten into a burrito, rice bowl, or sandwich and thought, what is this incredible taste? Only to learn that your dining companion hates it? That's cilantro. Fresh, clean, citrusy controversial and beloved for it. If only there was a way to bottle such an enigmatic flavor. Well, there is. Oh my God. Introducing Hey! Introducing Wayface brand cilantro soap. The soap that tastes like cilantro. Pamela! Now, some people say that cilantro tastes like soap. And finally, we can all agree it does. Wayface brand soap, that is. Now, you're wondering... Can I eat this soap? Won't that make me sick? It will make you very sick. But you'll know if you did eat it, it would taste like heavenly cilantro. I think he's dead. Help me get him out. Holy shit. He's cold. Uh, I know CPR. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Hamill Hills Ranch outside of Elsinore. I pulled a man out of a cattle watering tank. He's not breathing. My name is Pamela Pink. He's non-responsive. He's very cold, blue. I, I think he drowned. He might be... He's probably... We did CPR. Is there anything else we can do for him? Yes. I... We can wait with the body. They say it's going to be about 30 minutes before an ambulance can get here. 30 minutes? He needs one now! It's all the way over in Hatchet Falls. Should we call Olivia? She doesn't want to hear this from us. No one wants to... No one wants to know this. Yeah. We'll give her a couple of more hours of peace before. Oh, Paul. I know. This is the worst fucking day. Of all the people we met working on this project, Paul seemed like the only one who really cared. 
about anyone. He was kind. <laughs> you thought he was the killer just a couple of days ago. I'm sorry, Rosalind. Mm -hmm. And now we're the only people who know Paul's dead. For 30 minutes, at least. What was he doing here in the middle of the night? Oh. Oh, wait, shit. Ah, oh, we destroyed the crime scene. It's not a... It's not a crime It's scene. muddy! There's footprints. Do you remember which footprints are yours or mine? Ah, uh, which ones are Paul's? Oh, don't move. Paul and I will stay right here. Okay, good. Perfect. I won't move either. What evidence could you have found? He drowned. There's no weapon. Someone else might have been here. Someone else might have pushed him in. Like a cow? <laughs> like a murderer! Why murder Paul? Why murder anyone? Would you feel better if Paul had been murdered? I get it, okay? Sometimes it's it's easier to believe something fantastical than to accept that terrible things happen. Even to <clears throat> good people. Look, I know Dana thinks there's some grand conspiracy, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. No, this is what I do. I am a detective, and until we know otherwise, this is a crime scene, even if it doesn't look like one. If there was evidence here, I think the rain and the cows ruined it before we did. No, we spilled water all over, and we put Paul right in the middle of the footprints, and fingerprints are unlikely to be helpful here, but we still got our own all over everything. What was, what was the alternative? Leave him there? No, not if he might have been alive. We're not the Kennedys. We did the right thing. If he was my dad... I'd be glad somebody tried to save him. <laughs> yeah. Shit, I should call my husband. Let him know I won't be back. That's gonna be a fight. Mm, you use the dead body excuse a lot? <laughs> it's always something. Hey, hun. No, I know. I'm sorry. I'm fine. Listen, um, so there's a problem. Okay, that is also a problem. I'm sorry I bailed on you to go ghost hunting. It's been a day. Okay, honey, there's a dead body. The cops won't let me leave. No, I am not making this up. You want proof? No, I'm not looking <clears throat> for an excuse not to spend time with you. Of course I want to do that. I, I won't talk about it in front of Rosalind. I don't care. You haven't even asked who the body is. No, I'm not going to leave Rosalind alone in a field with a dead body. We can talk about this after the sheriff gets here. Okay? Alright. Bye. I said that was love. I wasn't listening, if you're wondering. <clears throat> Good. Thank you for not leaving me out here. It's scary with all the ghosts. Yeah, luckily the ghost seemed scared of you. <laughs> I have that effect on people. 
Sorry if I messed up your plans. Sorry that tonight is... Oh, the way it is. Evening took a turn. Is everything okay? I mean, you can go if it's not. I... No, I can't go now. If I cave on this dead body thing, I'll never win an argument again. <laughs> uh, That'll mess up my street cred. <laughs> I'm not sure if you have a strong marriage or you're just really committed to the bit, but uh, I, I admire it either way. What is marriage if not a commitment to a bit? <laughs> Let me put it to you this way, okay? It's the middle of the night. I'm standing in a field in Montana. It's cold and wet. There's a dead body. I'm with an employee I just fired. My husband flew in specifically because I'm ovulating. I haven't yet seen him, and he's mostly just mad that I didn't call to update him sooner. So yeah, pretty strong. <laughs> hmm. So I'm definitely fired then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're fired. Well. Well, at least now we can talk as equals. Great. Let me tell you what I really think. Why would you tell me you're ovulating? I mean, <clears throat> sorry, let's move away from Paul. But I can't believe you said the word ovulating out loud. I mean... Are you okay? How long have you been, or I hate to use the phrase, trying to get pregnant because it just means screwing, but uh, how long has this been going on? 18 months. Ah, so like two babies now. God, no. Can we just not do this here now? Hmm. Of course. Um, yep. It's completely inappropriate time for girl talk. <laughs> uh, we just have to... Live in this moment of grief. Are you going to... No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay to cry. Oh, it's stupid. I... Ugh, he was so young! So, uh... A year and a half ago, my husband came to me and said maybe we should have a baby. I hadn't been thinking about it, but we'd always talked about having a baby. So I threw out my pills and we tried. And we tried and we tried. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, nothing really happened. We saw someone, went to see if something was wrong. They couldn't tell us anything, but they definitely had a bunch of suggestions anyway. <laughs> Not that any of those have worked. In all the times I imagined having kids, I didn't think it would be like this. I didn't think it would ruin sex and disrupt my job and make me cry. You didn't think that having kids would ruin sex or disrupt your job or make you cry? I didn't think trying to have kids would do all of those things. It's different. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you don't have to have kids to have kids. You can outsource. It's a gig economy. Do you mean adoption? Yes, or surrogacy, if your husband's one of those it's gotta be my sperm guys. <laughs> it's all invasive. You know, adoption, IVF, surrogacy, whatever. Everything costs money. Everything costs time. 
I'm supposed to be able to do this. My body evolved to do this, but I can't. Or maybe I can someday, but now I wonder, maybe I don't want to. I might be wrong, but some people, they bail when things get hard. And you don't seem like one of those people. If you want out now, maybe you never really wanted to do it. It's not that easy. You get to a point in your life where certain decisions are forever decisions. We're all working on a timeline, and you never know where you are on that timeline. But there are some things that you do know, you know? I'm probably never going to win Miss America now, and it's probably late in the game to become a Supreme Court justice, only by a smidge. (sighs) And if I don't get pregnant in the next five years, I may never get the chance again. Well, if in five years you're happy, what does it matter? Yeah, but that's what I thought five years ago. I know why you would think standing with... Why you think you're running out of time. But chill. When I was ten, I thought I would have kids by the age I am now. And most of the girls I grew up with do. And I didn't, obviously. Crossed out that path. But look at me now. Well, not now. Because I'm unemployed and covered in mud. My best friend might be a murderer. But I'm very confident. That has to count for... Ooh, wait. Oh, thought that might have been the ambulance. I... I thought I would get a degree and a husband and kids, but... Ten-year-old me didn't know me at all. <laughs> what paths haven't you crossed out? What's still on your list from when you were ten? There's no list. I've got the detective thing, and if that doesn't work out, I'll be a spy or a chef or something. Life's malleable. (laughs) That's not true. Things matter. There are rules. There are schedules. There are other people you have to account for. You can't just reinvent yourself forever. Sometimes you gotta, though. I mean, we didn't all go to J school in the 80s. J school in the 80s? How old do you think I am? Over 30. Uh, Regardless, things are different now. (laughs) You need 10 jobs if you want to make rent, so that's 10 personas at least. Rosalind, you're doing really well for yourself. You're incredibly accomplished. Everyone respects you. You just fired me. What are you talking about? Okay, it's possible I don't know what I'm talking about. But this is an isolated incident. You can't base your whole life on what's happened in the last five minutes. Especially not these last five minutes. You've done so much. You've got connections. You're going to be okay. You don't need us. You don't believe a thing I say. But you believe in me? Great pep talk. You're conflating things. Believing in you and believing you are completely different. And I believe you can do anything. Except maybe be a reporter. I could be a reporter. You just need to tell me what to do. I can't train you to not solve problems. That's what makes you good at everything you do. But you can't do that here. I mean, we report on the fire. We don't put it out. Well, all Bea talks about is how Arden will fix America, and I can't help one person. (laughs) I'd hate to see your answer to the trolley problem. Ooh, okay. First, 
you cut loose the five people who are tied to the tracks. We all have a pocket knife on us, right? Mm -hmm. Then you run over and you untie the one person who's tied to the tracks and everybody's saved. Why does nobody think of this? See, you don't understand what we do here. You think Arden is a means for you to do what you want to do anyway. If Arden isn't here to solve a murder, then yes, I don't understand what we're doing. Then you agree that you don't want this. This isn't about not liking you or not loving you or not thinking that you're the most capable person in the world. You literally can't do the one thing that we have to do. You act like this is a me problem, but this whole show is off the rails. Why am I the one who's getting in trouble for this? I mean, Bea went to Julie Capsom's house on her own and Brenda left for a year and Bea brought her fiancé here. Yeah, I've been inappropriate, but I'm on task. To be fair, Bea obviously doesn't want Lorena here at all. Hard to watch, honestly. <laughs> Did Lorena just show up one day? I'm next door to them in the hotel, and I can feel just the waves of passive aggression emanating through the wall. Uh, what is it about Bia that just makes everyone lose their goddamn mind for her? <laughs> I've known Bia for 10 years and roughly 15 romantic partners, and I don't actually know. My guess is that she cares so much about everything, and that kind of laser focus can be intoxicating. I mean, when you're getting it, at least. As mentioned, 15 romantic partners. Brenda's only had one real girlfriend since I've known her. Kate. They've been together for like three years, and Brenda still introduced her to me every time I met her as my main squeeze. Ironically, I think. Kate just kept trying to get Brenda to take her even 5% more seriously, and Brenda never even noticed. Kate's married to an accountant now. Bia gets super serious super quickly, then immediately frightens herself. Bia's like a horse. A horse who... runs fast... And then scares herself. Does that happen? I don't actually know any horses, so. Well, you know Chrysanthemum. Not socially. So wait. Bia and Brenda both make their partner chase their attention endlessly? Oh, God damn it. Is that why they've been chasing each other for over a decade? I know Bia's engaged, but she and Brenda are gonna bang someday, right? That's why I'm trying to make this thing between you and me right. When those two sleep together, it's gonna be a real shit show. And we're gonna have to clean it up. Uh, Only if it happens during production. (laughs) We don't know how long production's going to last. We had deadlines, but the death of a Paul is going to change things. Paul. I won't see him anymore at open mics. Ugh, Dana's gonna be wrecked. You can be there for her now. There's no conflict. You can just be your friend. Mm, we do have some reason to believe that she's covering up murder evidence. There is that. Mm. God, I was so done with Dana 40 minutes ago, but I can't bail on her now. He was like family. This is like her losing her father again. You can't feel like you owe her yourself because you started telling her story. I know, but 
I can't shake that if I'd had a Rosalind when my dad died, maybe it would have fixed all my problems. And I spent all of this time trying to help Dana too late. And now that it's happening again, I mean, maybe I could help her now. But at the same time, fuck Dana for throwing my friendship under the bus like three times this week. Some problems don't have solutions. Some problems you just live through. Some people you just live through. You get what I'm saying, right? Did you know that she told me she loved me just this morning? Is that bad or is that good? <laughs> oh, it's fucked up. She doesn't want me. She wants Olivia and she knows that I'm asexual. She knows I'm not interested in that or dating or whatever she was trying to get. She just thinks that she can snap her fingers and I'll change. It's not enough that I'm her friend and the only one who believed her and that I was going to make her a hero. No, I won't fuck her when she's lonely. So she just thinks I'm an asshole and it's not fair. I'm sure she doesn't think that. I mean, people want things in a moment and they move on. Maybe she will move on and be cool settling for my friendship. Maybe she'll like me despite it. I don't know how I can trust someone who views my friendship as a compromise. You deserve better than that from a friend. And it's good you realize that so young. I was so much older than you when I realized I could ask more for my friendships. Okay, but like, she never tried anything before Olivia showed up. And now suddenly she's like, haha, what if I'm in love with you? Just kidding. She was so hurt that I couldn't want her back. Like... What I am was personally vindictive some way. Fuck her. I'm not the problem. She's, like, so deeply repressed that she thinks everyone can just turn themselves off and on. She does it to Olivia, too. I mean, Dana will say that she wants to be just friends, but when Olivia actually wants to be just friends, I can see on Dana's face that she's thinking, I'm meeting you halfway. Why won't you be what I want? You think she wants Olivia to be her husband again? Is that it? I think she's okay with Olivia being Olivia. She just wants everything else about her to be the way it used to be. And she wants Olivia to be happy about it. It's all irrelevant as long as Olivia is hers. Dana takes it personally when people aren't who she wants them to be. And that's bad. But you've told me before you wanted Dana to be what you want. She was going to be this amazing story that made everyone take you more seriously. Fair enough. Maybe that's what friendship is. Maybe we're all lying to each other all the time about what we want. Please, call me out in this cow pasture when we're standing next to the corpse of someone I liked and it is so fucking cold and I'm having a bad day. Okay, sorry. Sorry. But you have other friends besides Dana, right? It's hard for me to make friends because of how boring people are. I, mean, I was close to Brenda. I loved Brenda the best boss and then she was just gone I'm not close to a lot of people I'm too busy hmm. I feel that is Bia your best friend or just someone you spend a lot of time with you do realize I produce more shows than this one right and I'm not friends with all of those people I choose to be friends with Bia yeah, she needs a little more hand-holding, and maybe I respond to that on some subconscious level, but she's fun. What? She is. Fun? Just the other day, she did a ten-minute rant on split infinitives. Yes, exactly. Those are the problems she has. 
She's the lowest maintenance, high maintenance person I know. I have to put out a million fires a day. And every time she calls me, it's like, Pamela, I don't know what to do with all this kimchi. And I can answer that for her. Wait, do you hear that? Is it true that you two met because she crashed your wedding? No, she crashed my bachelorette party. She was dating the stripper. She thought she was dating a regular fireman at first, and she just kind of figured it out and decided to go with it. I asked her what tipped her off, and she said with complete seriousness that it was all the baby oil. She thought it was just to get down the pole, and then she figured it out. So, you know. Ah, well, she always had a nose for news. <laughs> She approaches everything like an investigative reporter, <laughs> which is also the only way I know how to wind down. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, we share an intellectual curiosity or maybe we're just nosy. One of those. Sorry, I'm still on Bia is your fun friend. Mm hmm. I like a low stakes personal life. Ah, that's why you're bugging about the baby thing. Yes, actually. I'm worried if I don't have 2.5 kids in the next 3.5 years, my carefully cultivated middle-aged, middle-class, mediocre weekly wine and game night plans will collapse like a house of cards. Mm, you said that like a joke, but I don't think it was. Yeah, it kind of wasn't. I mean, what happens if I don't have kids? What then? Yeah, that seems like a thing you'd always have to put up with. If all relationships are two people trying to get somebody else to be the person they want, what happens if someone wants you to be a mother and you'd rather not? Oh, never seemed to bother my mom that I wanted her to be a mother. We'll put a pin in that. Save it for the next corpse-side chat. Ooh, wow, dark. Really dark. So, you don't want kids. I don't know if I don't want kids. Or if I don't want to decide if I don't want kids. What? I wasn't like you. You know, I, I had a plan for how my life would go. Look. I think if I had had kids five years ago, I would have been happy with that decision. But I didn't, you know, and now I'm not sure. So did I change? Did my circumstances change? Did I just not know myself in 2014? I could flip a coin. Oh, Wayface has a quarter for that. It's not legal tender, but it flips smoother for more accurate results. Mm, we're not doing that. But listen, you're trying. That's nice. I appreciate it. You're still pretty young, and we're different. <laughs> I had a very clear life plan. And I followed it to a T. I mean, I have accomplished nearly everything. And I'm pretty happy. So, I mean, this is obviously a winning formula. But if I don't have kids, if I deviate from the plan, I've never done that. I mean, what is this version of Pamela? Who is she? I don't recognize her, but she's she's real because she's me. I'm right now in this moment. I am me right here now. I'm me. 
Does this me. Pamela believe in ghosts? Don't start. It's not that I feel bad about not wanting kids. It's that I feel bad that I might be the kind of person that doesn't want kids. You know, I was so sure of who I thought I was. And that woman had kids. But now, not being sure, this feels unfamiliar and I hate it. I'm not going to talk you into this. I'm on team be alone forever. You realize this isn't be alone forever for me if I don't have kids, right? I do have my husband to consider. Unless the having kids thing is a deal breaker for him. Love's so fragile. And that's why I'm alone. Simpler. Planned ahead on that one. Yeah, you're so lucky. You don't have to deal with other people. Hmm. Look, dude. Half the kid don't have the kid, but I I can't really help if your worst possible nightmare scenario is my actual inevitable life. Oh, boo-hoo. It's different. You want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. I shouldn't have to be alone just because I don't want to date anyone. I don't fully know what my options are, but I should hope they're better than being a cautionary tale for the maritally indifferent. Oh, God. I'm sorry. It was so rude of me. No, I'm being an asshole. You love your husband. You should be trying to figure out your best life. I can't fix something I can't understand. Look, you don't need to fix it. I'm talking and you're helping by being here. Anybody else would be trying to help me fix it and it would make me absolutely furious. Ah, you came to me for that trademark Rosalind Ursula social indifference. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) Actually trademark that before Andy does. I have. Okay, here's my Rosalind advice. Worst comes to worst, you can adopt a ward who you raised to hate all men like that cool lady in the fancy dress from that old book. Miss Havisham? From Great Expectations? (laughs) More like Lowered Expectations, Charles Dickens. Oh, get Wayface to start a baby timeshare thing. You have Andy's ear. You can make that happen. I do not need that kind of power. I mean, I've thought about it. Could I make Wayface a better place by moving up the ladder? Yes, but that would never happen. God, a timeshare baby would be perfect, though. Someone's going to get there first. I can feel it. One-third the diapers. Same pride in their accomplishments. But holidays would be a nightmare. Join a polyamorous compound? Like that one documentary with the wicker man. No, I can't let my husband figure out that other women might like his jokes. Well, I'm out of ideas. Just try not to view the decisions you make as future regrets so much. You're a natural fixer. You'll be fine. I think that was real advice. I'm so sorry. I I take it back. (laughs) Fuck. Though, at some point, choices do become future regrets. Oh, that's why I like to make as many choices as possible. Play the odds. How do you just not care? I care? Don't get me wrong. I envy that. It's not not caring. But how do you not get hung up on caring? How do you not get bogged down in the choosing? Teach me. I used to be a planner. We didn't have money, so I knew that if I wanted to go to college, I needed a plan. And from ages 12 to 17, I did everything right to get scholarships I needed, and I pulled it off. And then when I was 19, everything went to shit. As 
A dropout with no prospects? I just had to start doing stuff. Whatever I could get my hands on to keep me busy, keep my car, and eat. Well, I'm well suited for it now, I think. You skipped over about 15 things between hopes and dreams and complete nihilism. Is that when your dad died? And you've been going a million miles ever since. When I was 14, my brother was hit by a car. I had just started track and whenever I was running, I wasn't thinking about my brother, so I kept running. Did that help you like process your grief or whatever? No, but I got really good at running. I mean, I didn't love it, but it was a way to think about something else for a while. How much my legs ached, how much my lungs hurt. It gave me distance from the pain, it gave me time. So when I was ready to think about him again, I knew I could handle it. I could deal. Hmm. What is it? Ah, this is so stupid. What? All I can think about now is challenging you to a race. Mm-hmm. You'd lose. Listen, it's okay to want things. It's okay to make plans and think about what the future might hold. I mean, do you want to live your life like there's no tomorrow? Yeah. Well, I got really invested in Arden's season two, and look at how that turned out. We're having two very different conversations here. Try to keep that in mind. The problem was never you investing in Arden. You're just out of practice at caring an appropriate amount. When my dad... When he died, no one seemed to care. I mean, they were sad, but no one else was worked up about it. And they just told me it was bad luck, but it was a staph infection. He didn't have insurance. He didn't go to the hospital. I saw him the week before, and he was fine. And he would have stayed fine if his work site was less sketchy or he was still on my mom's insurance, or if doctors weren't like a million dollars, but... <sighs> one day I had a dad, and one day I didn't. And it was for the stupidest fucking reason, and everyone told me to accept it, and oh boy, if you can get yourself to accept that, well then nothing else seems to make a dent. So... What, um, you lost someone, so you checked out? Oh, checking out would have been obsessing over it forever. Everyone's lost someone and everyone dies, and you can't half-ass caring about that, so better let it go. You need to learn to. Mm. I thought there'd be more to that. Unfortunately, no. You hurt every time and move on every time. No exceptions. Oh. I miss being a teenager. This fucking sucks. I believe that's the thesis behind almost all bad pop music. Yeah, and all good pop music is how Party Rock is in the house tonight. Don't remind me how much younger you are than me. Oh god, I used to blast that song 30, 40 times in a row. Drove my dad crazy. He'd ask me if there were any other songs, but it was the only one that sounded right. Like, what I was going through. <laughs> 
God, years later, I can recognize a manic episode, but at the time, I thought LMFAO had gotten at the core truth of existence. LMFAO, I did not mean to tell you that. I mean, I knew you were taking meds for something. Oh, wow, yeah, a little something called Bipolar 1. Super sexy chill time. It's 2019, we're all on meds. It's not that interesting. I overcorrected on that. Are you okay? okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm medicated. I've got a therapist. I have a good system in place. <laughs> it sucked when I was undiagnosed and grieving, and I didn't know why I was ruining my own life, but now it's a part of me, and I'm obviously fantastic, so shrug. And Dana? Is someone whose dad died who has bipolar disorder? Yeah. It's come up. It was a good way to get her to trust me. You can't open up too much to a source. I mean, you obviously know that now. Yeah, got it. First rule of reporting, no more seductions. Are you sure no part of you wishes Dana did mean it when she said she loved you? Not like, I know you aren't attracted to her, but... I guess I just wish someone would say that they loved me, but not want anything you want a love where someone doesn't feel entitled to ask anything of you and and you don't feel entitled to ask anything of them is that it that's pretty unrealistic but wouldn't it be the best thing in the world i mean i know actual love involves compromises i just don't want who i am to be one of them that was my dad if I was happy, he was happy, so I had that, and I'm never going to have that again. And that's kind of a bummer. That's really hard, Rosalind. I'm sorry. Mm, it's fine. Is it? It was just nice to not have to be the world's most impressive person to be valued. I have that with my husband. <laughs> My husband is why I'm able to love solving problems, because he doesn't expect that of me. He mostly just wants to hang out. A baby is going to want you to solve all of its problems forever. Yeah. That's all you got? Yeah? When you have that kind of love that my husband and I have, where there aren't necessarily expectations of each other, it makes you want to give them whatever they want because they don't expect that of you. He wants a child and I want him to have everything he wants, but I also want me to have everything I want. That's the problem. All I'd ever seen was how fucked up my parents were when my brother died. And I always thought it was too risky. Why take that risk? But I see you and I see how much you loved your dad, love your dad. And I see that it's a balance. There's an equilibrium. There is a benefit to giving someone else that kind of love. Being that in someone's life. Oh my god. Did we solve your problem? Oh no, we just made it ten times worse. Thanks. Well, that's why you fired me. And I'm sure that this whole process has been complicated by... What did you say you were taking? Completely inappropriate for you to fish for what? that. What? You were the one who was like, oh, we're all popping pills left and right. Come on, can't we gossip and gab between girlfriends? 
What decade is it for you? I take Lexapro for depression, which is none of your business at all. But I'm not ashamed of it or anything. And you're double fired because that was terrible reporting. Really, I mean, it's a good time for you to get out. Paul's death is going to change things. Well, it's not a cold case show anymore. This doesn't look like a case at all. I'm free to investigate it as a homicide without Arden's permission. Olivia will need answers. Dana will need answers. I don't want to watch you get sucked into a black hole. Dana is not a black hole. I mean, she's a lonely woman who wants too much, but I don't have to give too much. Sure. I think I read that when an unstoppable force and an immovable object meet, they can usually have a casual, friendly acquaintance. Maybe you could learn to give an inch now and again. I came out here tonight for you. And you called me a liar the second I said something you didn't like. You said you saw a ghost. I did. The afterlife isn't brooding in grain bins. That's a pointless thing for the afterlife to be. I felt the ghost. It wasn't only my eyes. It was everything. I trust me. You want me to say I believe you, even though I think you're wrong? Yes. That's the sort of lack of clear resolution you need to get used to. If I've taught you nothing else, hold on to that. Damn, Pamela, you're an immovable object, too. I move all the damn time. I just have an even authoritative voice. I don't think you're a liar, in general. Thank you. Because I suspect in ten years' time, one of us will be running Wayface Industries, and I'd hate for things to be weird between us. I don't want to run Wayface Industries. Well, yeah, once you make it to the top, you gotta put it back into the hands of the workers, lest power corrupt you. Or do you mean that you just fucking love producing radio? Wayface Radio is good. I want to do something great. Maybe I will someday. Right now, though, what I want more than anything is a cigarette. Going to read the room and not point out your own self-destructive behavior. Great. But next take, try not saying anything. Wait. Do you hear that? Sirens? I don't hear anything from the road. No, it's close. Boo. Boo. Uh, It's really not funny, Pamela. Excuse you? I think I know a ghost when I hear one. I mean, what else could it possibly be? Do you hear that? This will be good. No, they're finally coming. I guess the good news is... At least today was better than tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow? We have to live with it. Wait, is that a cow? They're all asleep. (gasps) Moo! Moo! You are triple fired. Arden Season 2, Episode 7, Rosalind and Pamela Are Dead, was written by Sarah Golub and Libby Hill and directed by Sarah Golub. Our recording engineer was Ernesto Hurtado, and the episode was recorded remotely throughout Los Angeles. It was edited and sound designed by Christopher Dole. Our composer is Christopher Hatfield. Arden stars Shannon Estabrook Charlita Gaston 
Arden was created and executive produced by Emily Vanderwerf, Christopher Dole, and Sarah Golub. Our co-executive producers are Chad Ellis, Libby Hill, and Ernesto Hurtado. Our logo is by Dylan Farr. Our social media manager is Eliza Wheeler. This series is produced in Los Angeles County on the ancestral lands of the Tongva, Tataviam, and Shumash. Our website is ardenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you like this show, and if you want to help us make more of it, there are a lot of ways you can do that. The quickest and easiest way is to toss us a few dollars on Patreon, where you'll get access to early episodes, behind-the-scenes material, and episodic commentary. You can also, through the end of Season 2 only, still support us on Indiegogo, where we still have a number of attractive perks available, including the Season 2 soundtrack album. You can buy special Arden-related merchandise on TeePublic, including the much-requested Bea Casely's Undeniable Sexual Energy t-shirt. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you found it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other platforms. But no matter what, we hope you have several heartfelt conversations in a pasture, gentle listeners. As always, our lead visual effects supervisor was Charlita Gaston, who said, Spooky. Not ghost spooky. Join us next time for more adventures in Arden. Thank you, and good night. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, and thanks for calling the arena. If you know your party's extension, you can dial it at any time. If your psychiatrist has gone missing, press 3. Press 3. That sounds ill-advised. Life is about choices, man. You and I both suffer from a very rare form of mental illness, right? Yep, yep, that's us. I'm just saying, we're probably not the best private investigators, since we don't know what's real. The waitress at the Chinese restaurant, she told me that I needed to complete three trials to find Sadler. Okay, but how long have you been out of your meds? Three trials? The arena? The old factory? The inventor's basement? The inventor's basement. Exactly. Mama, I met someone today. You're not gonna believe this. Half spider, half human. You all have this disorder. We call it the imperfection. Okay, so we just got off the train at a stop called East River between East Broadway and York Street, which I'm pretty sure doesn't exist. We are not a cop show, Charlie. Uh, I know that, but we're friends, and I need my friends. How sure are you that these things are actually happening in real life? It seems like reality can be a little slippery. Charlie! Charlie! They're on my face! Amber, Amber, stop, 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 stop it, stop these it. fucking spiders, they are everywhere. Ah! The Imperfection, an audio drama in nine parts. Produced by Wolf at the Door Studios. Out now. For more information, please visit WLFDR.com.